jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Anthony! Oh. As people listen to this, um, it's according, happening. according to my science calculator, oh, it yeah. will be September. Okay. I don't, I'm, fuck this. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. that it's September. <laughs> Where did summer go? Where has the last six months gone? Sorry, I was, I was just so excited by your science calculator um, and I thought of oversized <laughs> graphing calculators of the past, you know, like the school days, the TI calculators, not oh, the wrapper. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about that. And then, and then you said it's September and I'm still in the past feeling like I've been slapped in the face. I'm sorry. <laughs> because that's what, seven months, six months of this now. But yeah, but please continue telling me what time of the year it is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I am just here. Uh, with information for everybody. <laughs> September, which means it, it will almost be October. God which means, damn it! <laughs> which means it will almost be Shocktober. Hell yeah, a final girl tradition. A final girl tradition, Shocktober, as uh, Eartha Kitt would call it. <laughs> <laughs> And this year, because the smart ones amongst us will be unable to celebrate at big Halloween parties. Yeah. You know, it's going to feel like, yes, whatever, Halloween is in your heart. Like, fine. But we all know it's going to, it'll just not be as fun. It's yeah? FOMO-ween. Yeah. So I decided that for Shocktober at Final Girl, I wanted to bring back... A community-minded exercise that I have done two years in the past. I did it in 2017, and I did it in 2010, uh, where readers, or listeners, if they're listening to this, see how that works, Mm -hmm. uh, send me a list of their top 20 favorite horror movies. And then... Throughout the month of October, I count down the list. I tally all the votes and I count down the list from whatever number all the way down to number one. And we see uh, how things are ranked. Uh, it's fun. It's exciting. It's an exercise in madness for me. Yeah. Aren't there like 600 movies or some shit like that that you have to go through? Yeah. And I mean, that, uh, yes. That was before Gaylords, though. I haven't done it since we started this show. So I hope that the list is even bigger. Yeah. Um, oh, you hope that? Yeah, you know what? It satisfies uh, my powerful businesswoman side. <gasps> You're at that Rhonda Johnson calculator. I get out my Rhonda Johnson calculator, I get out my giant oversized novelty safety pin (laughs) and i get to work i get to tallying votes and making lists and it exercises the math part of my brain hell yeah 
So people want to do this. There are deadlines. There are strict rules for these lists to try to keep the madness to a minimum. And you can find out all about this and what to do at finalgirl.rocks. The deadline is at, I forget what it is, sometime in September. It's soon, though, because time's ticking. Time do tick. There's only so much September left. It's going to be 2022 by tomorrow. Right. So uh, check it out. Go to Final Girl. Read the rules. Send me your list. And then tune in to Final Girl throughout October for uh, all the fun. Well, look <laughs> at this community service. You know. I'm so excited. And speaking of, that's one but one community service, Stacy, in the blog sphere. Mm-hmm. I stumbled on another little blog the other day. And it's called Night Soaps. Oh, yeah. And a brand new Stacy Ponder joint. <laughs> yeah, I just launched Night Soaps at nightsoaps.com. You've heard me talk on this show about mostly Dallas, but we had a Night Soaps category on the chopping block. I love a Night Soap. And thanks to uh, this love and the encouragement of my co-gay lord here, Anthony. Oh. Uh, I'm doing something with this love, expanding beyond mere Dallas recaps, and I just want to talk about all kinds of night soaps. And I don't know who will be along for the journey, but if you'd like my writing and you enjoy all the, the everything about a night soap, the visuals, please. I, come on, those outfits... Exactly. This is what I'm saying. The hairstyles. I know nothing about Dallas except all the stuff I don't remember from watching it with my grandma when I was a kid. And I've been staring at those pictures on this night, beautiful nightsoaps.com website blog. And yeah, look at the turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah. The fringe. The tassels. It's a bounty for the eyeballs. I would say. Uh, and so is that header image, which is illustrated by Maddie Newton. Oh, I love it. Um, it's a good looking site. It took all my hacker skills. You did so good. You Laura Barnes the hell out of it, and it looks so good. <laughs> I did. I had to quote a lot of Gertha. <laughs> uh, but I did it. So, nightsoaps.com, you can check it out. Because you were doing Dallas Reviewed, but yeah. and that still exists, but it's all now focused on nightsoaps.com. Yeah. And then you'll do not just the Dallas, but like the dynasties and the Knott's Landings and the all of Flamingo them. Roads. Is Miss, Falcon Crest. Is Mrs. Columbo one of them? No, I'm afraid not. <gasps> Stacy. Jason, what? who works at the local video store, and yes, they offer express pickup, um, social distance safety pickup, uh, said reported that there has been an influx of Columbo and like night soap content being rented. Really? And I think it's the influence of one Goody Ponder. <laughs> or Bobby Sue Ponder or whatever her name is this time. Blacey. Blace. So look what look at what we have who we have to blame. It's you know what, if this is my one uh accomplishment on this earth, so be it. I might even on night soaps, I look forward to dipping into the 90s a little. Oh, like... Your Melrose Place. Maybe some Models, Inc. Maybe Central Park West. What? Excuse me, starring Raquel Welch and Mariel Hemingway. What? Mariel (laughs) Hemingway? (laughs) 
It was only on for two seasons, but... You could sharpen a knife on those cheekbones. That's right. Sounds violent, but I mean it as And Raquel Welch! I mean, she's fucking amazing. Okay. So. I just had to bring it up because I have been staring at your website. I love nightsoaps.com. It's gorgeous. And I... And... And... uh, that fucking thing that you do is happening where I start reading something you're writing about a thing, I see the pictures, I listen to the <laughs> boozophone sound clip, and then my own inner boozophone starts playing, and I'm like, do I have to rent Dallas now? So when they get back from when they get back to movie madness, since everyone's renting all the stuff you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, maybe my, that will happen. That's that P virus, my friend. It's the fucking P virus. <laughs> Out of control. (laughs) Oh, also, Night Soaps is on Twitter and Instagram. They're just born, so be gentle. But they're at Twitter and Instagram, Night Soaps, if you care about that kind of thing. You have to cradle the head and be careful the soft spot on the top of uh, the skull. That's what she said. (laughs) Because she's the mother of the newborn. (laughs) That's why she said it. Anyway. She's a caring mother. She is. Go figure. Uh, so that's pretty much all the doings in uh, Pondertown. But anyway, but that's all another time, another place. Uh, right now we're at uh, Gaylords of Darkness. We're at Gaylords of Darkness and we are going back to 2016 today. And we are going to South Korea with a little film. Stacy, I don't know if you remember... Um, my history with this film. But, you know, I don't know. You know how there's that thing where, like, you bring up a movie from, like, a vaguely 2016, and mm. you're like, that was a good movie. I liked it. And I'm like, I hated it. Fuck you. <laughs> that tends to happen every now and then. Sure. Um, I watched this movie. It's called The Wailing. Maybe you've seen it recently. Maybe. Uh... It was a huge hit when it came out. I sat down and watched it. I hated it. And then um, this thing started happening recently where I've said, okay, we did, well, you got me to watch Autopsy of Jane Doe because I said I hated it. I loved it on rewatch. The same thing with All Cheerleaders Die. I loved it on rewatch. The Wailing, Unfriended, which I also don't think I really saw, but, you know, that was one of those films. And now The Wailing, I gave it a second go because after Neroy, Neroy really got me. I mean, well, Neroy made me shit myself. But then it really made me want to watch The Wailing because I just remembered some like sh- spooky shaman stuff and uh, another deep dive into some like cultural mythology. And I got to say, this is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. This is a good movie. Yeah, I watched it, what, last, at some point in Gaylords. I hadn't seen it when it came out. Sometime within the last year, I guess, I watched it. And I, f- I know, in our upfront business, before we get to the main movie we talk about, I brought up The Wailing because it fucking blew me away. And yes. I was like, I, w- I watched it. It is epic. I can't stop thinking about it. It was incredible. It blew my mind. It was scary. It was so much to think about. I loved it. And you're like, I hated it. I don't like movies. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I hated it. And I was like, oh, well, I think everyone should watch it. (laughs) Yeah. That was me in um, South America. So, uh, 
yeah, Stacey, my hypothesis is that this was because I feel like that was just within the last few months you recently you yeah. watched that, and that's what got me kind of thinking. I mean, Neroy is what really pushed me over the edge. Yeah, but um, I here's the thing about 2016. We all know what happened in 2016. It's the last time I had a hamburger. <laughs> it's the last time you had a hamburger the day after the election, right? Yeah, my grief burger. <laughs> Is that where you Listen, went? <laughs> I, yeah, I was at Grief Burgers. <laughs> Listen, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian. I had a time where I fell off the wagon in the early 2000s. Okay, I know this. My girlfriend and I were both vegetarians. We both fell off the wagon and went on a meat bender. Not a euphemism. Just, Thank you. Just sweating. <laughs> just hamburgers yeah. and hot dogs left and right. Honestly, it was a meat bender. I was, I remember specifically what happened. I hadn't eaten meat in uh, probably, I don't know, years and years and years, right? It was when I lived in New York. I was a dog walker. I was walking from one apartment to another. I had some time. I passed by a McDonald's and there was a big poster of Britney Spears in the window. She was doing something with McDonald's. <gasps> I don't know what. She's going. I love her, free Britney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the next thing I like that poster sent me into a fugue state, and the next thing I knew, I was at the counter ordering a hamburger. <laughs> so you got the Britney Spears hypno eyes, and then I you did. found yourself at the counter. <laughs> Yeah, and I ate it, and I felt like I was breaking the law. I was like, everybody knows I shouldn't be eating this. And it made me sick to my stomach, whatever. And I told my girlfriend, and then she was like, well, I really wanted, she wanted, like, bacon or something. And so we decided to just eat all the meat that we had, like, wanted. So we, like, let's go to Coney Island to get a hot dog. So we just did this, and it went on for, like, three months. And then we were both like, I feel so gross. (laughs) You're just sweating blood. Yeah, and so then uh, we went back to vegetarianism. I then, uh, love I had a one meat the, bender. The night of the election, I was, or like I guess the day after. Technically, I was like, I am so sad. I'm gonna have a cheeseburger. And this was much, This was time has elapsed since the last meat bender. Yeah, when you went to Grief Burger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the meat bender was like probably early to mid 2000s, and then 2016 was the grief burger, uh, and man, that was the last meat I had. Two th- then after the election, because we all know what happened that night, I blacked down on a pizza schmizza, which is a pizza pizzeria <laughs> here. Um, I, re- I truly did. My last memory is holding my friend's hand, and we, we saw that Hillary was conceding on the television and we both just started crying and then that's literally when i blacked out i remember i just woke up after that in the middle of the night and walked home i remember the streets were just like empty everyone was walking it was like night of the living dead or or no it was like carnival of souls everyone was just you know just gone yeah and um for days on end collective mourning and grief and so then we watched the wailing that new year's um, cause we didn't do new years with anyone cause there was nothing to celebrate. <laughs> so we just sat inside <laughs> and watched it. And it must be said where we watched it when we lived there in 2016, we were staying with Jason was running this, managing this condo place. And, um, we were in like the manager's unit, which was like old and falling apart and covered in mold, like mold destroyed our clothes. Mm. Like it, we oh were all sick. And during that, span of time that residency 
that's when I saw all cheerleaders die. That's when I saw the wailing. That's when I saw the first unfriended or whatever part of it I did see. Um, Autopsy of Jane Doe. And I said, I hate it to all of these movies. And now I understand it was grief and mold. Yeah. And I, huh. I went and I watched The Wailing last night and I loved it. Okay, thank goodness, because I watched it last night and I was like, God, this is a good movie. It's a really and good movie. I, I just had that feeling that I get sometimes the nervousness where I'm like, what if Anthony doesn't like this? <laughs> we don't have anything to talk about for an entire episode. Yeah, and it's just me telling you how wrong you are for an hour. And I go, Stacy, say something about your perm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I need to respect my podcast partner. Can I respect my podcast partner when they don't like a movie that's this good? And we can't fight in public. Like, No, we, have we can't to let anyone know. Together. Not in front of the children. Yeah, we can't let them know what it's really like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, good. thank goodness, then. But that's the thing, is I don't even know where to start with this movie, because the, so much happened. It's 800 hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt, honestly, it did not feel like a slog for me. I was... No, it's not. I was in it. You called it a slow burn, and, like, I can see that it is a slow burn in many respects, but it constantly kept my attention that yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware of the pacing as... Until, like, until I realized I was watching the ending and the ending itself was, like, an hour long. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it feels, I was with it the whole time and I was. Oh, sure. I was very, because it's a, it's a, it's a ghost story. It's a zombie story. It's a demon story. It's a murder mystery. It's also a very down to earth kind of procedural story. There's so many different films and, and and stories and possibilities and genres built into this that I was trying to figure out what was happening the entire time. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's two and a half hours. Um, it is an epic it really horror is. movie like we don't often get. Uh, it is a whole saga. When I, I think when I said it's a slow burn, it's that it has a very, it's not a slow burn like a Thai West film is a slow burn, where it's just like long scenes of things where nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens for three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's like a slow burn in that, yeah, you don't know where it's going. And when it starts out, it has an almost comical tone. It's fun. The first half of the movie is funny. Yeah. And so you say like, what? is this movie and it doesn't feel like it's advancing much and so you don't have a grasp on what you're even watching and it, it does change directions like yeah oh oh okay so this is a zombie movie oh no no i guess it's just like a body horror virus oh no oh no it's a ghost so okay you know and yeah. then it just keeps building and building and building and it's just but the two and a half hours i'm never checking the clock like i am in it no I'm in it to win it it keeps my attention from beginning to end. I really, truly love this movie. You know, it's like, um, it's like Martyrs kind of in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, that was what my first experience of viewing Martyrs was, which was one of my all-time favorite horror films, but uh, and probably our all-time favorite horror films. But like, I, I, the very first time I saw it, it was this constant, unrelenting, what the fuck is happening now since mm -hmm. 
And it goes through, you know, that movie starts off as like, is this home invasion? Oh no, it's a demon movie. Oh wait, no, it's a it's a psychological thriller. Oh wait, no, now it's torture. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? And it, it it's very. I can't really think of a movie since Martyrs. I mean, now The Wailing, where I was constantly trying to to make sense of what was happening. Um, not an out of a point of confusion, but it's just like I am so intrigued, and I this just keeps throwing different things at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got it's really got a solid emotional core, also mm-hmm. um, that we don't often get in horror. Like it, this is another one, like Noroi last week, where I just want to be like, go watch it, people. <laughs> like because it does, it's very complex. Um, it has a lot of surprises throughout it yeah um and to just like really pick it apart plot wise would be like such a snooze fest it's that's the thing is like i don't know how (laughs) not to do neroy again but i don't know how to talk about it um It, it starts out and there's like uh there's been a murder we're in the rural kind of mountainous countryside of south korea um, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous, my goodness. Um, and there's a police officer named John Gu who is doofy, right? He's funny. He's like scared and not very good at his job and kind of lazy. He's total doof. Like even just the way he and this is a great actor. The mm-hmm. way he walks, even like his movement, he's just dumpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, lives with his wife and mother-in-law and daughter Hyojin. Oh, they're all queens. They're all queens. I love the family so much. Um, mother-in-law, especially. The mother. Yeah, and the daughter. <laughs> I mean, such acting from the daughter is unbelievable. Um, but he gets called to this scene where some it was another a similar kind of house situation and someone who is covered in like boils and rashes and all of that seems to have killed the other people in the house. Um, and so it's like, is this a virus thing? Is it drugs? They think maybe this person took a mushroom tonic mm-hmm. and has flipped out and killed someone. Um, it's just kind of weird. And so you're like, okay, so it's a murder story. And then slowly it comes out that this other man saw something in the woods when he was out gathering herbs, uh, saw this Japanese man who was eating a deer carcass and came after him and had red glowing eyes. Naked Japanese man wearing a diaper. Yeah. With glowing red eyes covered in blood. One of those Japanese diapers, you know, like a... Yeah, not like a, a diaper diaper. Thing. Not like a diped up diaper. They call it a diaper in the movie, but it's it's more like a loincloth. Right, exactly. So he says, I was attacked. Nobody believes him. Eventually, uh, this Japanese man starts to be seen around and he is blamed for this. Like maybe he's put a curse on the village. It's all his fault. It's the Japs' fault. That's what they say. Yeah, there's a and then there's the like it's there's a lot of this kind of idea of xenophobia and scapegoating. And then there's this story that like, oh, he also there's stories going around rumors about him. Why is he there? Maybe he's a professor or he's he's causing this. Or there's also the story that he raped this woman in town. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of mystery around this guy. Yeah. And so the police eventually uh, find his little hovel in the woods 
And he's got some incriminating photos. He's got photos of dead bodies. He's got photos of victims before they die. And he's got some trinkets from some victims, including one of mm. Hyojin's shoes. And so Jonggu is very upset. And his daughter becomes sick. And she gets the rash on her and starts acting. You know how uh, possessed children start acting in movies. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit! (laughs) Yeah, like they're fine and nice one day, and then they seem kind of sick. Maybe they have a fever. And then they're like, why don't you suck my cock, Dad? (laughs) You know, they're just like... The next thing you know, they're smoking. Like, it's just, they just turn into little delinquents. And this is what's happened. Turn into angry secretary, angry elderly secretaries named Doris. (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! Give me a raise! (laughs) (laughs) So, Jonggu needs to solve this and figure out what's happening in order to save his daughter. And there are shamans involved. There's a mysterious woman in town who is also a queen and seems to know something. But that is a Moom Young is her name. And it's like, is she good or is she bad? She is a goddamn queen. The first time you see her, I mean, there's been another murder because there's murders happening left and right in this village. Mm -hmm. Uh, Family after family, all of them come showing up with the zombie face and the white eyes and the boils and the blood everywhere. And there's like rage. It almost feels like if this is a zombie thing, it's like a 28 days later kind of. You know what I mean? Like they're really angry virus kind of. And it's extra scary because they can be very like docile and just sit there like like completely unaware of their surroundings or they're actively trying to eat you and murder you very violently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of unpredictable. Uh, and, 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 and Zhang Yu goes in and he's like looking at this, he's, he's looking at this house where it happened and there's this woman just sitting at the end of the road and she just keeps throwing rocks at him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, stop. And she just keeps throwing rocks and he's like, stop it. And she just keeps throwing rocks. And then it cuts away and then it cuts back and there's he's surrounded by rocks. <laughs> yeah. And she's still doing it. And she's yeah. just like a little, she's a little A-cab troll and I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's more put together than Nell, but she's a Nell type. Yes. You don't know where, you don't know where she comes from. She doesn't tell you where she's from. She's just kind of there and she knows things and it seems that she can speak to the dead. And yeah. so she knows what's happening, and she pops up a few more times. Yeah. And I don't want to tell you what her role ultimately is, but you don't know if she's good or bad. The Japanese man, you don't know if he's good or bad. Maybe he really is the cause of all this. Maybe he's just a scared old Japanese man who's a foreigner, and everybody blames him for everything. It doesn't help that he doesn't talk. Right. And he, when Zhang Yu goes to his house and sees his his weird sacrifice altar shrine and sees and they his partner finds the secret room with the photos and the shoes and everything all of these things tying him to the victims it doesn't help that his he won't speak he won't give an answer he won't respond and his face is very um it very much lends itself to empathy mm-hmm. uh something about his expression he has a very expressive face um, right he doesn't it, try to stop anybody no, you watch his, I mean, his, he has this very vicious dog that breaks free and attacks Zhongyu, and Zhongyu kills the dog with a pickaxe. Yeah. And he just stands there and just watches and deals with it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just can't help but feel for this guy. Yeah. 
And so Jangu's life kind of spirals out of control as he's trying to solve this. His partner um, also ends up affected by what happened in the house. He gets sick and commits a murder. Um, it just really spirals and spirals out of control. There are a lot of bad decisions made. And uh, movie's, a, movie's, movie's a downer, man. This movie it's... has a real emotional heart to it it really does it is a fucking roller coaster yeah and it's actually very much like the quarantine roller coaster that i've been on where it's like things are fucking funny i'm having a blast i'm throwing rocks at police oh (laughs) shit everyone's dead i am in crushing depression this is the worst time of my life (laughs) yeah it goes there yeah and it's really, sent- it comes to be centered on, like, this character that you don't take seriously at the beginning, Jonggu, you know, because he's a fuck-up, he's not good at his job, he doesn't really try, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but he has a wonderful relationship with his entire family, especially his daughter, mm-hmm. um, and the movie is really built around those relationships. Yeah. And, and from, so, so like the whole epicness of it and the horrorness of it, because there's some crazy violence in it. This movie is really gross at times. Oh yeah, it's all held together by this family. Well, and that's that's what's uh, what really works for me is that the film. There's especially as you approach the finale, there seems to be. Well, there's multiple possible in the in the choose your own adventure of possibilities of what is happening in this film that's going through your head as you're watching it, at least if you're me. There's multiple possibilities of what's going on and why all this is happening. But it really seems like there you could you could look at it in a dichotomy where there's it's all just reality and people are applying a, a culturally specific myth to explain what's happening, but it's all just very banal and real. Um, like if you go along with the idea of the mushroom tonic and stuff like that. Right. Or there is some crazy supernatural shit going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and nobody knows what's going on. Um, and it's all beyond our control. Uh, but, but ultimately it, it, it really, it comes down to, um, I forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I forgot exactly where I was going with this, but I think I think with with Jong Yu, um, you're along for that ride with him, and it becomes so perplexing for him that then he begins to make out of this this sheer terror for his family. Um, he begins to make some choices that seem really problematized, <laughs> and I really disagree with a lot of what he does. Mm-hmm. But you also understand how invested he is in his family. That's where I was going with it. Is there is as wild as everything ultimately does get because it isn't as there there there's the possibility that oh everyone just took this wacky mushroom tonic and it's driving them nuts but there is a much darker supernatural cause behind everything but even as insane as the supernatural stuff gets in the finale of this movie it's all tied together by the the stark reality of his family and mm-hmm. particularly of that little girl who is like 
cool who calls her dad an asshole even before he's she's possessed (laughs) yeah yeah and like you just can't help but like grandma mother-in-law you know she's like oh we need to get a shaman to treat the little girl and like but at this but she never becomes like the magical grandma who believes in this mysticism like she she's the same grandma that you see in the first scene who when Jong-gu is talking about the murder that he has to go investigate she says what kind of fucker kills people yeah <laughs> and like she's just they're so down to earth just fully realized people yeah do you really you want things to work out for them even in in spite of all this epic supernatural uh, opera that's happening mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just beyond the, any of their control yeah well she wants to get the shaman i mean that's just a, a natural part of their life that's not a crazy idea and yeah he goes along with it but there is like <laughs> god this movie is so good and there's so much to it it's like there's the so also much the, the culture clash between, like, the shamanism and the occult and Catholicism comes into play. Like, they, yeah. they go to the church because uh, Jongu's partner, uh, yeah, his partner's nephew is a priest and knows Japanese. And so he came along with them the first time they went to the Japanese man's house. Um, but he eventually suggests, like, let's go talk to the church. Like, maybe we can help you and your daughter. And, and the church is like... Mm, sorry, you're probably just misinterpreting anything. There's nothing we can do for you. Yeah, Which is such a... Back to the hospital. Yeah, it's such a horror movie staple of, like, the church, like, not being able to help you at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, like, not being able to help any of the victims of priests or, you know, during the Holocaust or... Yeah, you know, you know how there's it is. There's no history there. Um, and then all of this that we've mentioned, the family drama, the supernatural, the everything is wrapped in a big tortilla of political history. Yes. The, the politics of the relationship between Japan and South Korea, which is complicated, <laughs> to put it mildly. Well... Um, and so the fact that there is this outsider that they all call the Jap, and he is, even though no one's, like, there are stories about him, but no one's really seen him do anything. But his presence is enough that they can shift all the blame and put it on him. Um, and so I think there are people who see this movie as xenophobic, and I'm like, I to me, it feels more like it's saying don't automatically judge people based on their surface. So I'm going to spoiler alert everyone right now. Yeah. If you don't want a spoiler, then go away, watch the wailing and come back. Honestly, it's worth just watching and not knowing what's happening. We always do this disclaimer. There is no point in listening to this episode and then watching the movie. Right. Especially when you have so much movie to watch. Like, this fucking thing could have been turned into a miniseries. It is a yeah. lot of movie. It's a saga. It's a saga. It is a goddamn chronicle. Um, so turn the, turn us off, pause us, watch the film, come back. Welcome back. There we go. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome back. back. Welcome back. So, so um, oh, hello, sit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, ultimately, it turns out, 
after all this back and forth and oh no it's the woman in white is actually the demon and not the japanese man who who at this point they think they have killed um jungu has got together a little mini militia of his pals and they've they've hunted this guy down and then hit him with a car and thrown him off a cliff um which the guy survives and runs away from and they don't know after all of this and the shaman saying it's actually this the the woman in white who was throwing the rocks and all this back and forth we find out the woman in white is uh, she seems to be some kind of benevolent or spirit yeah with glowing green eyes which are fucking cool who is actually trying to stop the demon and the japanese man is the devil is the demon yeah and uh jangu doesn't uh heed the instructions of the woman in white which are you cannot turn back for your she's like i've cast a a spell i'm like um gonna trap this guy i'm going to stop him your family will live your daughter will be fine but if you go back to help your family before the third cock crows they're all gonna be dead and he doesn't believe her he gets a call from the shaman who it turns out is in working in in cahoots with the devil Jangu runs back. All of his family's been murdered. The woman in white was correct. She wasn't lying. Um, you see the priest who confronts the Japanese man in the cave, and the Japanese man has turned into the demon. And so I have that question about... Because my read was like, well, this, for as big of a movie as, as it is, and as much attention as it got an international acclaim, it does still feel... it Like, my initial read was like a sort of a xenophobic thing. Um, but I do see what you're saying, and I did think about that, where it really it's up to Jong-gu, right? He kind of has to seal his own fate. Right. He reads everything on the... To me, it's like the reveal that the Japanese man is the devil in disguise. To me, that doesn't read like the Jap is the devil. To me, it reads like the devil was using prejudices to work <gasps> against people he was like i you know who they're automatically gonna scapegoat they're gonna scapegoat a japanese person that's who i'm gonna dress up as because and why doesn't he's the devil and he's deceiving them and why doesn't jangu listen to the woman in white because what is her demeanor she's very sinister right she's very like what are you doing out here she Don't throws go, rocks at cops before it was sh- before it was cool yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. she's like don't go back to your house like she has a very sinister bad vibe but ultimately she's a good guy she's wearing the clothes of the victims right so it's like don't just go on a surface read of these things but the you know everybody played right into the devil's hands and assumed the worst of this japanese man I think that's the way I interpret it. No, I, no, I think you're 100% correct. I don't think there, I, when I hear that, I mean, that's like, that's when I, you know, when your neurons start firing, <laughs> like in yeah. those memes and every part of my brain is glowing right now. Um, <laughs> Cause that, <laughs> that, that, that explains so much like that. I, what you said, especially of um, this is what he's dressing up as. Yeah, because I think if it, he's not a if, he's not a Japanese man. It's the it's literally the devil, and that's when it, he says, "Show me your true form." Right, and the true form is that demonic devil horn claw man. 
Yeah, I think if it, that's the thing, is it's a guise of the devil. If at the end of the movie, it really was like, ha ha ha, I'm a Japanese serial killer. Like, sure, there's your xenophobia. Yeah. But it's a guise put on by the devil to fool people, because that's what he does. And a lot of this movie is concerned with traps. Yes. Like even, uh, like the, the shaman, the, the Nike shaman, who he's just, yeah. he is this out of control rock star shaman. Um, who who has a has a clothes changing sequence in which he gets into his Nike tracksuit, shaman tracksuit. <laughs> he's amazing. Um, he's 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 a big con man. But like, uh, oh my god, oh my god, what is happening to me? Where was I? What? Why was I talking about the shaman? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is happening but again don't believe the glitz and the glamour right like he's got the nice house and the nike yeah. tracksuit and the ponytail and the sports car and all these other things but it's like but he's a fucking devil worshiper yeah he leads him astray yeah it's it's constantly the the devil is it, it oh yeah but that's that's why i was talking about the shaman the shaman even says the rat has fallen into the trap Mm-hmm. Um, when Jangu goes off and he's he becomes convinced of um, that it, it, he's killed a Japanese man and that was the devil, uh, he says the rat has fallen into the trap, and then um, the woman in white says I set a trap, and this movie is con- there, like there's a lot of these ideas of traps, um, and right. it seems like the the this devil character has also cr- constructed traps for Jangu mm-hmm. uh, to like he's put on. He shows up in the town and puts on this Japanese guise, but then it's up to everyone else to actually seal their fate. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how they refer to the lure or the bait of like, you know, he, he got the daughter's shoe, but like he reached out to the daughter, but she reciprocated by responding to him. Mm-hmm. And Jong-gu, like the woman in white says, um, she says what her, the father of Hyojin sinned by disturbing another man and like things got really bad after he went and he killed the devil's dog and broke into his house and screamed at him he yeah they completely went against police procedure and just like searched his house when he wasn't home without any kind of warrants or anything you know yeah then puts forms a militia and it hunts down this guy lawlessly yeah and it's junk. It's oh, and hence the devil has to put on that costume. But it's the townspeople that say, "Oh, you hear the Japanese man raped this woman," mm-hmm. and that breeds the fear. Yeah, because of course, because Japan mm. and South Korea, since the early twentieth century, uh, the relationship has been contentious and. Full of conflict and, you know, because uh, Japan colonized Korea. Oh, right. For the first half of the 20th century. And during that time, you know, they there were forced labor camps. They conscripted Koreans into military service. And then there's the whole phenomenon of the quote unquote comfort women, which were uh, South Korean women uh, that were forced into sex slavery by the Japanese Imperial Army. Hmm. Um, they were either deceived with job offers or were literally just kidnapped. Uh, these women were just raped daily by dozens of men. Um, and this was just a way of life. Um, That's fucked up. It's incredibly fucked up. And so a Japanese 
a solitary Japanese man who doesn't speak to anybody and who lives in the woods and who is an outsider and, you know, shows up in the village when coincidentally all of these other things are happening. Of course he's going to be suspected. Well, and of is, course he is. And that's what the devil does. Is he The devil is supposed to, that he's there solely to bring out the worst in people mm-hmm. and to make people do, like, become the sinner. Right. Like, he's a troll trickster guy. Yeah, that he'll he'll he he creates the parameters. It's up to you to do the work, right? And that's that's see that's why I'm so drawn. That's why I'm just loving these Asian horror films that we're watching right now. Um, I think this comes up in America. I mean, it comes up in all horror films because horror is innately p- political, uh, the good horror at least. But like, I mean, we can we can address political politicized themes. Or we can we can talk about you know what what what's happened in terms of like um, racial trauma here in the United States uh, with horror and and that's happening right now or like developments in feminism. But what I really love that I don't really think it happens in American horror. But what I really love about these horror films and like specifically like Korean Japanese horror films is that the horror comes from dealing with the ghosts of this collective historical and cultural trauma mm-hmm. like pulse had so many correlations to um to the to the atomic bomb mm-hmm. and this i i mean i didn't even know i didn't know that particular history about the women being raped and but i mean that the, the story of the, the saga of colonization and its after effects and after the war yeah they signed reconciliation treaties in 1965 that's insane that's really recent. Like, comfort women were a thing up through World War II. Wow. And Korea is still waiting for, like, an official apology for that. And there are still territorial claims. Like, it's still a contentious relationship. So all of that, like, you don't need to know that to watch this movie and appreciate it. But when you do know it, it just enriches it. So, I mean, look at uh, fucking Godzilla, the original Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, and that's a much more immediate reflection on what was happening, what they had just yeah. experienced. Yeah. It's like they really allowed their culture to infuse their horror. In, you know, and here we're like, keep politics out of my horror movie. I don't like movies to tell me how to think. Yeah, and it's like, you know, why not? It just makes, I mean, it just makes you want to watch this movie again. Really? You know? Honestly, it's, uh, I, l- I really, really, really liked the movie last night, um, which is funny because I also did not remember any of it. I just remembered the shaman <laughs> scene. I remembered nothing else about that movie um, from my initial mold viewing. It, it really got into my brain, I think. But uh, I remembered <laughs> nothing of it. But then watching it last night, I really, really liked it. I still felt this kernel of like, huh, I wonder what to do with that sort of xenophobic depiction. Yeah. And what it, how did, how did they justify that? Because I, I still thought, okay, well, the justification is Jungu had to, he had to be the final circuit. He had to actively make that, those decisions. But this is still a component of the story, and I don't know what where to place that or what to make of it. And this conversation, thank you, 
I that just expands I think the my my joy of this movie that much more because it like you said it enriches it. It's very yeah. it's really thoughtful. I mean it's it's thought provoking because they do continue like throughout the entire movie they refer to that character as the Jap. And I would assume it's the same way in Korean. But in English, that's an extremely loaded term. Yeah, it's a they slur. don't they don't call him the foreigner. They don't call him like the Japanese stranger or whatever. It's a slur. Yeah, and so that right there is going to raise your hackles if you're you know at all sensitive, slightly sensitive to those kind of things. That's going to raise your hackles, and you're going to be thinking like, why are they calling him that? Yeah, what is what does this say about these characters and what's going on? And it's like calling him that to his face while screaming at him and killing his dog with a pickaxe. Like, yeah. it's it's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, ooh. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's, I think it's, I just love how richly layered it is with all those different possibilities. With, is it the woman in white? Is it the shaman? Is it the devil? Oh, wait, it's a configuration where they're all working in tandem. Mm-hmm. Is it the mushroom tonic? What is this? And then not just those those story thread balancing acts, but also the tonal balancing act. Like, it is such a funny movie. Yeah. It's really, really... It is a genuine comedy, the first half of the film. There is that... The point where it all switches is when he kills the dog. Yeah. Complete tonal shift. Even the way you look at that character, he's like a bumbling, funny, cute, chubby guy. And mm-hmm. then you see this innate darkness in him underneath the surface and then you suddenly think differently about him uh after he kills a dog and but it it, it's still even like towards the end where the movie movie becomes much darker um when they're all fighting that one of the zombies that comes back uh, when they're when they're trying to raid the japanese man's house and that zombie is biting the priest and everything like that fight was it's terrifying but also it's kind of funny mm-hmm. and the, it's just there there is a i and i think there might be a cultural element to that too of like this over-the-top sublime horrific macabre and grotesque that is also comical um yeah but it's just such it's just such a very incredibly rich and specific balancing act that I really am impressed by because I don't know how they were able to pull that off without going too far in either direction, mm-hmm. um, where it became something like a parody of itself, and it doesn't come anywhere near that. Yeah, uh, and it is well and truly an epic. Yeah, I mean, how many horror epics are there? You got Suspiria. <laughs> You've got this. Like just Is there another? <laughs> you know, like not a lot, really. Yeah. Man, that woman in white is goddamn fucking cool too. She's so cool. When the shaman shows up and Oh god. He's like gonna he's like gonna get there and he's gonna embroil himself further into the drama at the ending and but you think he's going to like you think even there's even like a Amityville pre-sequence where he's driving the car and he's out losing control and there's bugs flying everywhere at him. Yeah, you think he's a good guy. Yeah, you think so. he's racing to save the day. He keeps calling the phone, he keeps driving and calling the phone and you're like, "Oh no, the pre- is he is the shaman going to make it in time?" He shows up to 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 you think save the day but he's just gonna make shit way worse 
the woman in white comes walking out of the darkness. He's terrified of her, and he just starts... He gets the nosebleed oh. to end all nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just starts throwing up bile and puking blood and bile, and it's just spilling everywhere out of him. So gross. And she's just standing there making it all happen just by proximity to him. Yeah, she's fucking cool. She is... And then her when her eyes start glowing green, I just start shrieking my banshee <laughs> howl. And I ascended and became one with my true form i really the daughter is so good oh every time she like kind of snapped out of it and would start crying i felt a little pulse in my ovaries she was real cute. she was real good she was real cute yeah. She was a real. She's a great actor. It's yeah. Watching her do those flips is really amazing. Going from screaming to crying to just being like <laughs> a pre-adolescent <laughs> with attitude. Yeah, like there's shades of of Mary Kate and Ashley on Full House, like <laughs> <laughs> in her. Well, it just, it made me think of The Exorcist, which is like, I love The Exorcist. I love, 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 love The Exorcist. Linda Blair went through some shit for that movie. Yeah. But she's also, you know, at the end, she's like, I'm fine. Okay. And it's just like this, I guess, maybe because it's more immediate or something. Like, I just think this actor just had to run the gamut repeatedly and just like it affected me much more emotionally i guess than reagan's recovery the moments where you know jungu is like are you okay and she starts crying and he starts crying like it's just it's just a like this movie is not afraid to feel its feelings i guess well because let's flesh that out she has killed her family yeah. She's become possessed and she's killed her mom and her cool ass grandma. Her mom's cool too. She stabbed that old neighbor. She stabbed her. the old neighbor with the scissors. When you when they walk in and they see her with the scissors and she's just scream crying. Yeah. Because she knows what she did, but she didn't have any control over it. Mm-hmm. Um so she's killed the whole family and he's trying to reassure her. She just kind of falls silent. And she's yeah. she is fucked forever. Like she's she's full on Texas Chainsaw Massacred. Yeah. Um. And then, and then it that that really sums it up. Where he's like, "I'm gonna fix it." You know, Daddy's a policeman. You know, I'll take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And then that also just like kind of fleshes out more about him and his his idea, this illusion that he has control and that he can he can fix things and he's a cop and that makes him dominant, which is mm-hmm. what made all of this happen. Yeah. So the Wailing, I mean. 2016, Trump happens, and then South Korea says, okay, hold on, a cab. <laughs> I, uh, I just, um, yeah, really impressed, really like this movie. It's real good. Good. Phew! It's real good. I will be cosplaying as the woman in white for all of my conventions, <laughs> green contacts and everything, and I'm just gonna sit there and throw rocks <laughs> at any nearby police or security guards. I love her. God, she's so cool. Yeah, her and Hyojin and Grandma were my my MVPs. Yeah, for sure. This movie. And it's gross! It's so gross. It's real fucking gnarly. Nasty-ass effects. So, please watch this movie if you like good horror movies. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that I have figured out the mold apocalypse of 2016. 
Mold is powerful. A 2016 was power. Look, I ate a cheeseburger. <laughs> you didn't like really good movies. I didn't like four good movies and you ate a cheeseburger. It was a horrible year for everyone. It was a horrible time. <laughs> and people said we were overreacting, you know? Uh-huh. But I'm telling you, I might just have to keep pushing on this Asian horror train because I am loving, I'm loving it so much. Um and if you have any interest in, in these films, this genre, uh, definitely check out The Wailing. It's real good. Absolutely. Yay. Wow. Stacy. Hmm? Are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? You know what? I am. This week, uh, with the launch of Night Soaps, I am full of vim and vigor and confidence. I'm putting my head on the block and I say, no, no, heads they. I'll be keeping my head this week. Thank you. Uh, so, yes. Okay, uh, we have a new twist we are adding to the chopping block. Same block, new chop. Is it? No. I wanted it to be like a a sexy used car lot. Yeah. (laughs) We're adding something like a bit of a lifeline. A power up, if you will. Sure. A bonus (laughs) item. The way the chopping block works is um, someone asks questions and someone answers them. The person who (laughs) (laughs) answers the questions, there are three categories to choose from. You choose your category. There are five questions per category. You have 10 seconds to answer the question. If you answer incorrectly or your 10 seconds is up, the heads they chops your head off. Game over. Game over. However, we have found an item (laughs) that will allow you to get 10 more seconds. What? In our Ed and Lorraine Warren quest to... uncover cursed objects and, <laughs> yeah. and sacred horror relics yeah um we have we have uncovered um a little time extender of a wig if you will it is it is a wig it is uh the jamie lee curtis halloween 2 wig okay. <laughs> we're gonna try this if it doesn't work it won't be back next week so we're just gonna see how this goes but what it does is the wig Gives you a one-time use. You have a one-time use of the wig. The wig gets you an extra 10 seconds. Because, it, the, as we all know, in Halloween 2, that wig is so egregious. Sure. And such an obvious fraud that it's going to confuse the heads they. Yeah. Your 10 seconds is up. Or, like, it's approaching. You have to call out, I want the wig. During you have your to say seconds. those words. You have to say those words. During your 10 seconds, while the head's day is approaching, while you're thinking of the answer. You get the wig, you put it on, you get 10 more seconds, because the head's day is like, wait a minute. <laughs> is that the same? Is, is that, that a wig? <laughs> is that the same person? And then they're like, wait, that's a really bad wig. And then they'll cut your head off. Did Deborah Hill think that was going to fly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you only get it down. once. Per your turn, not per yeah, the question, whole but game. The whole game, you get it once. So we're gonna try it. Oh, and this, this is this. I feel like that just complicates everything and levels the raises the stakes in a way where, like, now I also have to remember to say I want the wig, and then I just have to rest assured that ten seconds have immediately been added. 
It's a lot. We're probably just making this harder for ourselves. Oh, well. So in that case, it's not, it, it is, it's 20 full seconds is your option. Right. When you say that. Okay. Okay. So I don't remember who went first last week. I don't either. Flip a coin. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. One, two, three, zap. Paper. Paper. One, two, three, zap. Rock. Rock. One, two, three, zap. Scissors. scissors. <laughs> One, two, three, zap. Scissors. Paper. Oh, you cut me. Good. Okay, so what does that mean? I'll go first. All right, ask me some questions. I'm ready. I love doing rock, paper, scissors when I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally honest, though. You were. I believe you. Okay. I was, too. Okay. I died. Okay. Wait, I'm going first? I'll go first. Oh, you... Wait, but I lost rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, so I'll go first and get it out of the way. Oh, okay. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stacey. Are you ready for your categories? I'm more than ready. We got three as per the rules. Your three categories are, you're going to die up there. And this category is about uh, characters that have died in space. And for it, you have to name the actor or character and the movie title. Oh, Lord. Your next category is, you're all going to die down here. And this is very similar to the last category, but it's for characters that die underwater or underground. Next category, what's my number? Part two, another number in which you have to, like last week, guess the sequel number for each franchise entry, including remakes and reboots and their sequels. Oh, you mean the one where I have to fucking be a protagonist in a Christopher Nolan movie? Yeah, and now you got a wig to give yourself some more Inception time. And it's like, Bwah! oh, everything's backwards, <laughs> Halloween 12. <laughs> Yes, you Ellen Page connect yeah. the timelines. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm gonna yeah. do the space one. You're gonna die up there? Yeah. Alright, you're gonna die up there. So remember, for this you need to name the actor or the character and the movie title. Oh, right? brother. I think you're gonna get this. I really do. I think you are. I don't. Alright, after I ask, you got ten seconds on the clock unless you put on that wig. Alright. Question one. What character ends up possessed, naked, and surrounded by flames in this spaceship gone to hell? Oh, um, Sam Neill in Event Horizon. Ding, 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 ding. He was Dr. Somebody. (laughs) Yeah, that was his name. name. (laughs) Dr. Giggles. (laughs) Dr. Somebody. Yeah, Dr. Giggles in space. (laughs) Oh, I just watched that terrible movie. Uh, Question two. This third wheel gets impaled by an oversized bug well, well, well before her time. Oh! A dizzy in Starship Troopers Meyer. Ding, 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 ding. Extra points for character name and actor name, my Love queen. Love Meyer. Love her. Question three. Hers was the shocking final act death in this sci-fi creature feature, and I'm still mad about it. Um, oh! Uh, Ripley and Alien? Resurrection? No, no. You know what? <laughs> it wasn't Resurrection. Yeah, it was. It's not. No, well, three. Actually... Alien 3, where she killed herself. But it's the you... wrong answer anyway. 
It's the wrong answer. However, I think you're going to have to continue because judges are saying that this was a misleading question. I didn't factor in Ripley and Alien 3. The answer I was searching for was Rada Mitchell or Carolyn Fry in Pitch Black. Oh! However, your answer reveals to me the folly <laughs> in the, the phrasing of that question. I see. So I'm going to extend your journey on this chopping block. We've hermetically reattached your head. Oh, this is this is the best week of my life. <laughs> and you are moving on to question four <laughs> because the judges do accept Ellen Ripley. Um, okay, question four. Despite his bravado, what colonial marine gets dragged to his death through a floor gate? Oh, um, Bill Paxton and Aliens? Ding, 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 ding. Ah! What's his name? Uh, uh, oh! I I don't know. Could you possibly guess it? (laughs) I have his, I see his face. I hear, game over, man! Game over! (laughs) What's my name, Stacy? Anthony. Oh, Hudson! <laughs> I was like, that's not right, though. Uh, okay, All question right. five, which you got here through some yeah, I know this standards. Isn't, this is nothing to brag about, but but now you've it. made it to question five, Stacy. So, and you still haven't called out that wig. Oh right, see, I Don't totally forget. forgot about the wig. All right, question five. She was the biologist botanist in a science team's last-ditch effort to reignite a dying star, and she deserved better. Michelle Yeoh! Sunshine! Ding, 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 Congratulations! A champion who lost her head once, and yet it's still alive. She's still alive, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. You know what? It's only because you let me do the actors' names. I Characters, I don't think I knew any of them. Obviously. Who you knew Dizzy Flores, which is the most well, Dina Dina Meyer. I mean, I mean, some might say Hudson's name is pretty universally known, but in the moment, it's challenging. <laughs> I could picture but, his little soul patch, but I don't know. <laughs> but Dizzy Flores is really what matters. So here we 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 are bringing you the commemorative Dina Meyer um, <laughs> wig Car- for you to a wear. Wig? Oh, okay. Yeah, now you get to wear her her red perm from Starship Troopers. Imagine how much better that movie would have been if she and Denise Richards coupled up, right? Honestly, if he died and then they die out to, in the end. I love Casper Van Dien like any other uh, rational person. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh-huh. I'm, but I'm just saying. You know. Yep. His wife was a countess. What? Yeah, what was her name? Uh, Catherine Oxenberg, right? Wasn't she a countess or something? Really? I have no idea. Princess or something? Yeah. Does that make make him a count by marriage or is he just like a a duchess? I think he's a duchess. (laughs) Duchess Casper Van Dien. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She was a princess or something. Yeah. Wow, cool. Anyway. I love Starship Troopers. Well, it is your turn. Oh my God! Okay, whatever. I the wi- let me tell you right now the the wig was not in my mind at any point. Well, you maybe w- granted you were busy getting the questions right. Oh well, okay. But that's my terror is that I will just 
because when you only have 10 seconds and the headache's coming at you and you're trying to figure out these things that sometimes you know the answer right there, but you just can't say it. Mm-hmm. Like me, I knew Isalora Mars, but I didn't know how to say it. Right. <laughs> how am I also supposed to call out for a wig? Well, we'll find out in today's uh, Anthony part of the show. Uh, <laughs> your categories are man's best friend with a question mark. Maybe it's a good dog. Maybe it's a bad dog, but they're all dogs. Oh. Um, Asian invasion. Oh. Where you have to name the movie. And name that vampire. <gasps> oh. Ooh, oh. The full vampire character. Uh, yeah, vampire name, yeah. You know these vampires. Let's do that. I know vampires. Let's do that. Oh, you're going to name that vampire. Okay. Name that vampire for 500, please. All right. In, this is your question, the first question. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, in, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good game show host. In Dracula. Lucy Westenrow returns from the dead as a vampire who preys on children. What do the children call her? The bloofer lady, biatch. Yeah. Oh, you got that ding, ding, ding. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that name. I think you're going to get all these. Do you know what a bloofer is? Uh, beautiful. Yeah. It was cockney slang for beautiful. Yeah. All right, question two. The vampire half of the faggy antiques duo that terrorizes Salem's lot <laughs> is Mr. What? B- Barlow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, 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 the <laughs> All right, question three. I think you're going to get these. You They're so your... antiques. You know. <laughs> They're so gay. You know your vampires. Question I three. Do. Name the actress... And the character mm. who are the Queen of the Damned. Oh, Tick. um, uh, Tick. uh, uh, uh Aaliyah, Akasha, Tick. Queen Tick. of the Damned. Yeah, holy shit, you got oh. it. Oh, hell yeah, okay. All right, question uh, four. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Who is the sparkling forever teenage vampire who wins Bella's heart in the Twilight series? Oh, his name? Oh, wait, are you team this or team... I, I want the wig! I want the wig! Uh, team... Uh, Edward! Edward, 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 Edward. We'll accept it. Edward Cullen, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, I only got the first name. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last question. Maybe okay. we're both going to go all the way again. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Spike Lee directed the 2014 film The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Fuck. Who are the titular vampires of the original 1973 film? Oh! Oh! Gajun Hess! You got it! You yeah! did it! I did it! Oh my god! Oh my partners we real you're like standing at the other end of the i was gonna say rainbow bridge but we're not dead but you're standing there and you're like come over here girl come on you. you can do it got you grab onto my ice axe <laughs> bravo you know your vampire you as well 
Well, well done. Well, I kind of was well done. <sighs> well, wow. All right. Done. Well, that's that. We did it. We survived you. the chopping block again. Yeah. And you used the wig. I used the wig. I'm telling you because I I thought that that was about to be a Laura Mars where I knew that there was a Team Jacob or a Team Edward, but I forgot who was which one. Yeah. And I only know that because I've seen those shirts at the Hot Topic. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to choose that wig because then I will rest assured that I know I have a little bit more time to think about that. Well, you sure did. And it helped. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, who calls <laughs> Halloween Kills the quintessential slasher film of all time. Thank you for choosing that awful wig so that I could wear it. So that we, too, could choose that awful wig. Oh, wow. Love that wig. Wow, I love that awful wig. Well, there you go. Oh. A successful chopping block. Successful show, I guess. Everybody, don't forget to check Final Girl and send me your top 20s, but according to the rules only. Because they're horror films, right? It's not like TV. Right. It is horror films. None of this like, oh, I love this episode of this show. What about the, TV movie? What about like Initiation of Sarah? Oh, sure, yeah. As long as it's a full length film. Okay. The other uh, rules are all written out on Final Girl. It's all oh, right. very plain. So I yeah. could just go to finalgirl.rocks and then. You sure could. Know everything that I'm asking right now. Yeah. I hope people participate. It'll be fun. Well, fun is probably too strong, but it'll be something to do. And couldn't we all use one of those? literally anything to do this halloween yeah so uh well thank you for your service i'm so excited um i can't even imagine the idea of trying to put together a top 20 list for horror films is so ominous it's really tough to do because it's not like what are the best ones it's literally your favorites so it doesn't matter maybe one of your favorites is hellraiser eight (laughs) okay I'm not. Is that Chubby Pithead? I I think so. It's you know maybe that's one of your favorite films. Good for you. Final Girl is a no jerks zone, so no one might make fun of any of these favorites. They're all going to go on the list somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So there you go. Send them in. How exciting. Send them in. Check out nightsoaps.com if you want to. Uh, Watch the fucking wailing. Watch it. It's so good. It's accessible somehow. Um, <laughs> it's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. I liked it a lot. It's real good. Throw rocks at cops. Sure. Um, vote for Biden Harris. Uh, sure. Uh, and thank you again, also, listeners um, that have. We really weren't trying to encourage you to tip or <laughs> subscribe or anything, but. We sent a shout out to some listeners and some more did it since then. And just once again, thank you all for being so supportive and great. Yeah. Um, also, like, feel free to message us anytime. We we have our DMs open and you can email us at gaylords of darkness. Uh, gaylords at com, which is also our website. Uh, and you can find us also on Twitter at Gaylords of D. You can find us on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness and on Facebook at Gaylords of Darkness. Would you believe that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what well, today's been. Huh? I said that's what today has been. It's been unbelievable. Sure has. 
We still I'm have wiped our heads. out. I'm wiped out. No. Uh, well, till next time. Uh, goodbye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha <laughs> ha